Hey everyone, today we're having a podcast with Joao from Base. Hey Joao, thanks for your time. Nice to meet you. Do you mind um, introducing yourself and telling us the story behind Base? Yes, yes. Oh, first of all, thanks for the invitation. It's always good to talk about this industry and to talk about Base, everybody else. But yes, and talking a little bit about Base, what we are building and what are our backgrounds here. Base is especially, it's like a premier crypto gaming guild. We especially dedicated focus on Brazilian market here. We are aiming on, on, we have a lot of great opportunities here inside of the NFT game space, but we have a great mission of lowering the barrier of people that would love to know more about NFT gaming, etc. And especially for the people that actually don't have uh, the, the financial power to buy some NFT. So we, we use our assets under management and we provide them so in some cases, we split the revenue generated from these assets, but in that case, we lower the barrier to new people, to new gamers inside of this space. And what is your professional background? What were you doing before starting base? That's a great question because yeah, before I started building base here, I was already working inside of the esports uh, industry here in Brazil. But I would say that even before gaming, I came from the startups and technology ecosystem here in Brazil. I helped to build some startups here. And shortly after that, I was the country manager in Brazil of, a, of an international startup called Interlocker. It was really great to be a global startup but building a business and a community from the zero to Brazil in Brazil. So it was really great. But uh, I always like to say, Matthew, that uh, I have always been a gamer in my life, man. And I've learned how to speak English by playing video games. I, half of my friends, I only met them online. And the, the metaverse was a really part of my life. And then I had the privilege to be uh, the head of mobile gaming and innovation in one of the greatest esports organizations in Brazil called INTZ. And that experience, it was really great in the last years here to really build the, the forefront of the mobile gaming space in Brazil, the forefront of innovation inside of esports. And one great example that I can bring here uh, is that uh, we were the first esports organization ever in Brazil to invest professionally in a lot of important mobile titles like Free Fire, PUBG Mobile, Brawl Stars, Clash of Clans, a lot of different stuff, a lot of different projects. So that's a little bit of my professional background between startups and technology and, of course, gaming and esports before I started really working, building base. And when you say we invested in mobile titles, you mean you invested in and took and play those games, right? That's uh, not a great question because I was there not only incentivize uh, some new gaming, mobile game titles by investing some new players, but also helping all the ecosystem of this game to become more professional. So actually we ran some different uh, community tournaments. We run some meetups with the community. We invested with a lot of expertise in terms of technical support for the best players there. So we, yeah, we, we brought a lot of expertise coming from PC titles, but now for mobile game space. Not only hiding players, but also giving them, yeah, the best technical support, data support, data analysts, everything that you can imagine. Cool, cool, very cool. I need the official start phase. I was really investing in crypto since 2017, 18, uh, but only investing on crypto coins and etc. But uh, I was already working the game industry. I have always been looking for and asking myself what would be the next step for not only for the esports industry, but also for the game industry that it's already the, the biggest entertainment market in the world. And even before I started base, I started knowing some people from the, all the space, the crypto space, the, the biggest builders outside there, because I always understand that it's all about people. So 
yeah, I have since last year, uh, last year, no, <laughs> we are ready in 2022, but since the 2020, uh, I started reaching some people on Twitter, knowing what they are building, understanding more what is the best practices and then what would be the next step. And then there's some steps about knowing more people. Uh, we understood in the middle of this, this uh, the last year, that to July to August, that we could start base as a really great business. And then the rest of history, we had a, such a great support from Yield, Yield Games and all the other investors you, you guys can already see. But yeah, just a matter of months ago. How many scholars do we have right now? Until the point that we closed the, the seed round, we we had about 200 scholarships of accessibility, two to three months to Yield. And we were really relying on the seed round so we can expand our operations. Now we are uh, almost going to a uh, planning to in the next I don't know, a few weeks go to 2,000 scholarships only of X-Infinity. And of course, we're going to be announcing a lot of different uh, investments and partnerships with different games. Yeah, we are here for the long run. So we're going to be bringing some great surprises. And when did you close the, the seed run? And do you want to talk a bit about that round toward investors and how, how that round was structured? Yeah, that, that's a good point because um, we are really, really proud of what we did with, with the seed round. Because again, we since day one base, we actually understood where we are really strong and where we needed to improve some stuff and we came from the game space already both me and matt matt is also a, my co-founder is a, a great guy from the esports industry really understood that in order to have a success in a business like this uh, we needed to add some extra layers of strategy and one of them especially what we really didn't know a lot is all everything about the crypto world so what we did about it we brought all the biggest and best funds crypto native funds to come on board in our cap table here. So that's one of our strategies. But uh, there's another part of the seed round that I love to say here, that is something really special about us because uh, we understand that we are developing a business model that it's already validated uh, from, for example, if we look at YDG of what YDG is doing. But as we came from the gaming industry, we understood how important content and community and content creators are, and of course esports are, for the future of the esports industry, for example. So what we did is that, okay, we're going to be building the best of the best practices when it comes to investing and leveraging on NFT assets, the token economics, we're going to be launching our governance token, et cetera. Great, let's go there. But we're going to be actually giving a lot of attention for two pillars of Vague's business model also, that it's all about content creators and con original content, of course, and esports. Because we, we want to build not only a community of players that are playing in our assets under management, but we want to build a fan base. We want to make base what we call here the, the lifestyle brand. People that they, they want not only play in our assets, but they want to interact with our creators, with their idols. They want to uh, wear our clothes from, from our brand. Yeah, everything uh, inside of the entertainment world. And what I can say about this, this is round is that we, we, we focus it a lot on, on having a huge plan to say to people that guys, we're going to be in, we won't be spending almost a hundred percent on assets management. We are bringing a lot of stuff and investments on marketing and content. It's like the top of the funnel here. And then right after we have the community in Brazil, we can reach all this almost a hundred million Brazilians here that consider themselves as the gamers. We can go directly to a strong investment in, uh, in assets under management. That will be our second that it's already on, on course here.
Very interesting. Like that is something that I haven't heard before from any guild. So it's a very interesting differentiator. And before diving deeper into that part, that lifestyle brand part, how did you find your first scholar? <laughs> great point here. It, it was great. It was in the middle of the last year here when we just started uh, base. That's a great point because we started base trying to test what would be the perfect audience to start our scholarships. What would be the best profile of gamers here? And we actually started by having two main tests here. The first one, we came some mobile gamers that, of course, with my connections from the mobile game space in Brazil, it was really easy to find some great players already that was playing all their kind of mobile traditional games. And we brought them to, to base and it was a really great test for us here. But um, the entertainment part of base was all, is really important to us, but also the social impact uh, is really important to us. So another um, way that we, we found the, our first scholarships here, it was inside of a little community in one small city here in Brazil called Coração de Maria. It's really a small city here. I know some people from there that are really poor and really bad position financially in this side of this financial system. And then we gave them the possibility to, yeah, to, to play X Infinity and we teach them uh, what is this game and etc. So yeah, the, the first steps about scholarships, it was much more about connections matter, but one directly for, for great gamers already from the space and other testing the social impact side of the business here, but also with connections that I already had. Got it. I'm asking this because, you know, a lot of guilds, their scholars are based in the Philippines. And in, in Philippines, there's already this awareness of blockchain gaming in Axie. So it's not that difficult to find scholars there. But when you're launching in a new country where there is almost no awareness about blockchain gaming or Axie, uh, I was curious on like which kind of audience you target first and my understanding you target the mobile uh, esports gamer audience right that's a, a, a great point because in brazil and not everybody knows time and people always ask us why brazil why you guys are starting in brazil and i always like to say matter that brazil already have uh, have two main potentials here the first one it's all about entertainment we already have one of the biggest gaming and most engaged audiences in gaming in the world not everybody knows but brazil as the third largest audience in sports in the world. We are only behind China and US. So people here are already interested in gaming. So that's the first part. <laughs> uh, but the second potential here is that we have such a, some characteristics that it's really similar to Philippines also in terms of social impact. So you can see that the minimum wage in Brazil is something about $890 per month. The unemployment rate is really high here, 14%. Uh, something like this here. So if we merge those two potentials of already having one of the most engaged audiences in the world, plus some uh, social impact needing, needs here, that's a huge potential for, for the Brazilian market. And yes, we are aiming a lot of the gamers. But also, this is why we are focusing so much in, on content and creators. Because we have almost half a hundred million gamers in Brazil, but not all of them knows about blockchain already. So we need to teach them about blockchain, NFTs, and etc. One of the best ways to do that this is using creators. So yeah, this is kind of how we are thinking here. Got it. So would it be fair to say, like, to reach ten to twenty scholars, use your existing network, and you tapped into the mobile esport gamer network, um, but to grow from 20 to 
500 or you know yeah. 2000 scholars you needed that you should educate like train the the country about blockchain gaming and actually infinity so that's why you tapped into the influencer content creator network yes 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 the first steps it was all about experimentation so to know more about the gaming profiles but to really scale it was all about capital that's why we had the seed round but also content to scale in terms of reaching more people in brazil and using the creators and the contents to to educate about blockchain but yes and at what point did you decide to um like work with decide that you need to work with content creators and influencers yeah that, it was something that we already had in our minds uh, since they were of base Especially, like I was saying, that we saw some East, traditional esports organizations in the esports world when they were, when some of these organizations they were only focusing on the competitive side of the company, it wasn't enough to really bring the community to interact with them and really make the business grow. So the best results that we can have here, it was every time when we saw some esports organizations looking for content creators and that way they can have this top of funnel of the community really always growing and then they can use and do whatever they want in the next steps of the funnel here. So yeah, there wasn't a specific date or point in our history, but what, what I can say is that it was in our mindset here since they won that we're going to be doing uh, everything about leveraging on NFT assets, but content is king. Content is what we're going to be driving more audience and driving more reach to, to our community. Very interesting and I agree 100%. And these content creators are usually um, like Twitch streamers, YouTubers. Good point. Yeah, that is, is something that we are working really strategically here uh, at Bayes. First of all, we, we look at the channels, uh, where the gamers are. And we saw that uh, we, we had such a great engagement on Twitch. We, you're completely right. But also we have such a great sources of content really coming from Twitter and also YouTube. So what we do, what we did is actually find the best influencers uh, that or they are in all these channels or they are really focusing on each one of, of these here to talk with people to interact with people that's where we are right now but yes twitch twitch streamers and also youtube content creators then it's a, that's a big focus that we have until now got it got it makes sense and so shifting gears are you partnering with ygg or is there, are they just investors like what's the relationship between ygg and face yeah yeah ygg is incredible i love that thing and they are helping us since they won uh with almost everything so what i can say is yes we have a strong partnership with ygg in terms of sharing uh, knowledge about everything that you can imagine about technology about best practices of business about governance about everything here and that's why for example we not only have ydg as the investor but we also have gabadizen as our first official advisor here at base so we are always exchanging some great ideas with him and uh, but we also have an, a first uh, specific partnership within uh, with accessing its scholarships too we are uh, expanding our internal program of scholarships, but we also have access to their assets and they provide some scholarships to us. And then we can keep the 20% the uh, slice of revenue that would be going to the managers and then we can split here inside of base. And that way we can expand even faster without having the, the needing of 
buying more uh, X infinities or breeding more Xs and etc. So that's how we are working with with YGG until now. Um, twenty percent you mentioned is that like so a YGG scholar earns. 100 SLP, 70 goes to the scholar, 10% goes to YGG's treasury, and usually 20% goes to one of YGG's community managers. In this case, if a scholar was sourced by you guys, the 20% goes to you? Here at base, with our own scholarships, we work in the same percentage of YGG. So 70% is going to the scholar, and then the rest, the 30% is coming from, from base, and we split between the manager and the community, and our treasury and etc. I'm telling you that it's happening when it, when we have our uh, assets here inside of our treasury. Inside of this partnership, when we are growing also with these assets that are coming from YDG, but for our scholars, uh, we manage the, the scholars, we win the education, manage the education of these scholars. But yes, we, we stay only with the, the slides that would be going for the community manager. Uh, yeah, and 70% is going directly to the scholar. In your model as well, you have for your own assets, you have your the earnings share model is 70% scholar, 20% community manager, 10% base. Um, for that 20% piece, how many community managers do you have? Yes, right now we have a total staff team, not only community managers or managers for that guys uh, of about 20 people, but in all over the areas, marketing, operations, yeah, game investments, everything operate, whatever you can think, but focusing on the management of assets until now, quantity of assets that we have here, we have a team of four people focusing a lot of this, not only on the, the game by itself, but also we have a game investments analysis, we have a gaming lead for X Infinity. And what we are building right now, that is we are bringing some game leads for each one of the games that we are entering in. So if we're investing, in, I don't know, different games on Donder, Illuvian, Pegaxi, I don't know, each, whatever game we, we go, we are bringing new game leads that really understands about the community, and then we can find uh, the politics and yeah, everything about the, the, the sub-DAO process. That's great. So you mentioned that you have an internal um, game investment analyst. So assuming you guys are investing in other games, both NFTs and SAFs, how big is that like internal investment team and what is your like, typical due diligence approach? Good point to, to bring here because uh, I like to say that we are evolving and all the guilds are evolving to be a huge uh, investment vehicle. Uh, it's really strategic for games to have uh, guilds and especially strong guilds with strong communities to invest on their game. So we really understand the importance of that. In the very early days of, of base, it was everything about me and in Matt, of course, the founders, with, together with Gagarto and Leo, some guys that are these in, in, you know, game analysts, game investment analysts here. And we had such like a console to like of a, we had a bi-weekly meeting to discuss all the new possibilities. We have some deals that we share, for example, with YGG, and we are planning some kind of book purchases together with YGG and go there because it, it's all about the YGG family, us, YGG, YGG, South Asia, Latin, everything. So we are helping each other a lot, but internally, until now, it was much more about this game investment analyst and me and Matt, but we are about to hire a head of investments to base too. Uh, exactly like we have Jeff from YDG. 
Got it. So until now, you have been kind of leveraging YGG's investment um, approach, and also you were giving them some inputs as well. But going forward, you want to hire your own kind of head of investments, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we use it, uh, some of the connections that YGG already had, and then we can we move here internally. Uh, totally separated deals with our yeah our guidelines and etc. We managed to have also some outbound and new deals that we uh, found here inside of the community by ourselves. And yes, now we understood that there are so many great opportunities uh, for the next few months that now we need a head of investments inside of BASE to help us in, in that mission. Very cool. When you're looking to invest in a game's NFTs, what are you looking at? Great. One of the first points we always see here, and I'm, I'm going to give you guys, uh, of course, a summary of everything here. It's not uh, the, all the details, but uh, we one of the first points we really see, it's again, it's all about people. So we go there directly and we study a lot about the founding team of this game. And we also, we understand the institutional power of this project. Who are the, found, I don't know, the VCs or the other guilds and yeah, who are the people not only that founded this game, but also who are the people that are backing this this project here, and how important it is what they are bringing to? And after that, we also have a, such a great due diligence and studying uh, everything about the token economics, of course, and also the everything about the Web three technology. We really like to ask, ask them about their plans for APIs integrations, about the smart contracts, about which network are they, are, are they using, which kind of blockchain they are planning to use, if they are planning to merge to some layer two solution in the near future. Man, everything about this Web3 correlated stuff, really deep dive on, on that. And the last point here, it's how, not the last point, we have a lot of stuff again, but we like to see and study a lot about the community. How are they uh, or planning to incentivize the community or how, how they are already working with their community. So we go there, see the Discord, talk with people, understand who are the most active person, people there, and have such a great conversations with them. Or maybe we can bring the, the most active person in the community to, to be part of, of base, like the, being the, this game lead that I mentioned here before. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff, but it's a a lot of stuff here coming from people and also processes, Web3 technology, infrastructure, and, and etc. What about gameplay, game economy, and tokenomics? Yeah, yeah, that's something that we always like to, to discuss here, especially because not everybody knows, but Delphi, Delphi Digital is the same company that designed the AXS, so the token economics, the YBG token economics, and they are helping us to, to build our token economics here. So we are always discussing the best practices, what were happening, what, what, what's next, that term. And we also discuss with them and with all the other vessels too, of course, uh, about token economics of these games, especially because we are seeing uh, a lot of projects that are not really good. They are really aiming uh, really fast ROI and et cetera, but they are not looking for the long-term sustainability. And that's why we, we, we always like to, to see the token economics, but not only with our point of view, but also sharing with some strategic partners and, and investors here, pick their brain to, brains to, to, yeah, to, to discuss about it. Delphi Digital is one of your seed investors. Is that yes, 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 yes. They, they invested on us in, in the seed round too. Okay, okay, great. And when you're deciding on which NFT to buy, 
Um, actually, before this, let me ask you this. Um, what is the average ticket size when you're investing in, in new games, NFTs? Well, I'd like to say that we are in the, the phase of, it's not price discovery. It's much more about investment ticket discovered. Let, let's say like this here, because we, we had a, a lot of different uh, size here. But what I can say is that we haven't been investing nothing less than 50K to 100K. We always start looking to, to minimal tickets. Yeah, uh, about this. Yeah, that's where we are starting. But also what I can say is that we have some bigger deals than that, of course. And and when you're um, deciding on like which NFT to buy, say you're going to buy um, Fitner in NFTs, why NFT A and not NFT B? How, how do you make that decision and who eventually makes that decision? Great. Uh, we had this experience already here. And one point that I can tell you guys that if you were, at least us, a big part of the deals that we closed here with new games, we actually had direct contact with the game publisher. So uh, what we did is exactly like this. We went there directly with the game publisher and asked them, guys, we want to close the deal with this kind of specific deal with this kind of budget. What would be the best of the best assets that we can yeah, that we can have with this budget here? In some case, we had uh, a help from the, the game publisher. In another case, we used our internal team to spend uh, more than a week there, studying a lot about the attributes of each one of the assets, and then bring us a, a investment plan for, and then we can decide where to um, to go. But yeah, what I can say is that we have both cases: internal studying and deciding the best attributes, but then other part it's much more going directly to the game publisher and they can bring us the, the best solutions and scenarios. Which games are you invested in? Yeah, that, that, that's a good point here. Well, we're going to be announcing uh, <laughs> a lot of them and I'm not sure if I can tell, talk about all of them here, but I think I can, I can bring here some spoilers for, for you guys, but also we started investing on, on X Infinity. And that's what I can, everybody knows here. And we are looking a lot about Titan Arena and Peg Access, one of the prominent uh, projects there. But uh, we're going to be announcing at least one to seven new investments in the next few weeks. Besides of these this games, I just mentioned it to you guys here. And what I can say is that we have a lot of different genres, and this is important to our diversification strategy. But we also understand that, for example, in Brazil, we have a lot of people that are passionate about sports and soccer, football. We are we're going to be announcing some great investments and great partnerships with games that are dealing with this world inside of the football, inside of soccer, inside of traditional sports too, and this merge between entertainment and soccer and NFT game. So we really wanted to take a huge step to be the biggest guilds in this kind of games because we see the potential here in Brazil. Some names came to my mind, but I don't want to say that. <laughs> I understand. Okay. Since you have esports background, I think you might be able to answer this question more accurately than others. Which games do you think are more suitable for esports? Which blockchain games? Yeah, th th that's a, a question that we always ask ourselves here in, internally. We are really studying, to, to, to be honest. But what I can say is that it's not because uh, we came from the mobile game space uh, that we understood that mobile-friendly NFT games are, are, yeah, are the future here. But what I can say is that I really like the model of Titan Arena and I really see a great potential if they really manage to have a 
a good roadmap in the next steps here, especially because uh, I had here in Brazil, for example, that, that the best team in the last two to three years of Brawl Stars that are really similar. We we were the vice championships of the world uh, against PSG in Brawl Stars. And with my experience in mobile game space, I saw that games that has have a great appealing for the casual players, but also invest a lot with a mobile platform here and in the competitive side uh, of the game, that game has a huge potential to, to really have a success. So yeah, that, that's kind of what we are believing here. Mobile friendly games, but also with a huge appealing, not only for esports, but also for get casual game players. Yeah, and maybe one thing to add, like, you know, for, for those who, do, who don't know about Titan Arena, it's, it's a, like a game where you, so like a, four versus four game where you can play with teammates um versus axie infinity where you know you're playing individual as an individual That's... so yeah do you think that might be one other reason why it, it's it's like it's more suitable for esports. Yeah, yeah, that that's a, a huge point. We can see a lot of the biggest esports right now. It's all about interactions with a, a team. So it's really important to have this team composition inside of the mechanics of the game here. The second part, guys, is that the game, in, in order to a play touring game have a success, even for casual players of esports, and it, it needs to be a, a, a game that is also fun. Fun. To play we, we always like to see the mechanics of the games and how the game is played but the game needs to be fun for, for every everybody and that's something that's simple but it's important to the end here for for the spot side too and yes i think the this year is going to be really important for in, in terms of fun and also new mechanics new genres and etc yeah i'm a good point matter so you know when you go to these games when you're gonna invest in their nfts or even saft round your value add is that you have you're the dominant guild in brazil and you have access to all kind of brazilian future and existing blockchain gaming players do games appreciate that value add um right now do they like care whether your audience is based in brazil or or anywhere else great man this this regional specialization that we have here really, really is completely important for, for the game publishers here. It, that's what we are saying here. What I can say is that we are already working with game publishers, not only by investing financially with them, but also providing social value to them, community value to them. That's something that everybody wants to have access, especially if you know how to talk with the, these audience which are the best people inside of this audience to really bring the results or bring engagement and etc. So yeah, when, when we go to some new games, we are not the only the kids that are buying NFTs. We are their partners. We, we have such, some deals, for example, that we are designing the content, the creators program uh, for these games. That's something that we both, me and Matt, we are already doing. Matt, for example, we, his last previous job, uh, he was designing the creators program for Tencent with PUBG Mobile and also for Supercell. So all, all the games of Supercell, like Brawl Stars, Clash of Crash Royale, Royale, and etc. So yeah, there's a lot of different value that we can provide. Yeah, uh, I think that's a, a good point to bring here. Yeah, very cool. Um, again, mm -hmm. I'm shifting gears. Um, I'm going to ask something different. 
So Bayes frames itself um, not only as a guild, but also as an esports organization. Um, what do you think are the similarities and differences between a guild and an esports team? Yeah, I like to say that we are completely different in terms of uh, business in general here. But what we say and what we do here is to bring some pieces of traditional business, traditional esports organizations business model to inside of base. You can see that we have here in, in, at base four main pillars of, of the business model. The first one, it's all about content creator, like I say to you. The second one is every, everything about leveraging on NFT assets. We have the token economics and tech usage, like we like to say here, everything about the governance token. That's something that we only see in, in NFT game guilds and not in esports organizations, but we have the final pillar here that that is esports. So esports is much more one different pillar, and we bring the technical support expertise. We have the data analysis expertise we had from the the, the game space inside um, of base. We don't, at least I don't think that we are esports organizations of NFT gaming of the NFT game space. Uh, we are NFT game guild with esports operations inside of that. And that's what we are here. And yeah, the main difference is, I think if you could say that we are a Web3 native company since day one, and we we look and we study the decentralization since day one of our, our job here. It's not only about fun entertainment when it comes to the fan base, but we have this token economics, the financial responsibility here, uh, because base it's our governance token. We have the supply, we have the, the governance processes and, and, and decisions that make us really different from a traditional business. But yes, that's the, the mix uh, I can see here, Meta. Got it. I think there's a trade-off between social impact and esports, the competitive play for guilds. Because at the end of the day, you know. With, if you're caring more about social impact, you probably might not care much about the ROI that your player might bring in. But if you have a competitive esports team, you might want to like maximize that. And I don't know if the, the both can coexist together or not. So I'm curious about your thoughts. Yeah, no, I love to, to, to speak about that. And what I can say is that it doesn't need to be one or another. And the social and, of course, the esports side of the company can coexist, how can it, it, it happen? And in my vision, it's much more about you um, seeing a gaming journey here. When we have a scale, we have millions of people, and you can see that the, like, exactly like the esports world, we have a huge amount of casual players, and we have a funnel that goes to the competitive players here. So what we do is that we want to reach millions and millions and billions of people, to be honest, here at base. So what we do is that we have invest a lot looking at the social impact here for the masses. And we understand and we have a really well organized, uh, like a journey, a path to, to the success here, that we filter the best players after they went through our education and our training programs internally here. And then we have a specific core team, core team here inside of base uh, that we call the elite vote. So, so for each one of the games with competitive scenario, we have a elite vote directly for this the best players here inside of uh, of base. And that's what's happening, for example, now uh, with X Infinity. We are bringing a lot of the of the best players in Brazil, and we are finalizing an, an elite vote focusing on on, on competition. 
But yes, uh, like I said, that we, we can have the best players here looking for spots that they, that they came from the masses, from the social impact actions. We just need to give them the best support, the best training programs, the best education, content, and etc. Uh, it's not for everybody, and it doesn't need to be for everybody, but also it doesn't need to be one or another. It's much more a journey vision for, 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 the, for the business. Can you elaborate more on that elite vote? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's simple, to be honest. Well, now we are bringing, for example, the, 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 the guy who were, were the two times championship here in Brazil in Next Infinity with a lot of great players. And he, this guy is helping us together with our gaming lead to buy a certain amount of the top meta and the best axis inside of the actual meta and the, for the next ones that we believe is going to happen. Whenever we have the best players inside of Axie, they have access to this uh, vote. And also when we have competitions, they have the possibility to use yeah uh, all this access in any, any kind of composition that they need for this competition specifically and of course this we use that also with a really strong recruitment too here because you know, whenever we bring here the possibility for any kind of great players that man you can have access to get yeah, the best access ever here can come collaborate with us so that's how it works in, in the summary okay and how do you measure scholar performance? How do you decide on which scholars should use better axes? Yeah, 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 yeah. We have a lot of mechanisms, not only by higher, I'm talking about axes, okay, higher trophies, for example, but also we see um, growth. Uh, so if we have, even if we have lower trophies there, uh, and we see that this game, this player is really growing a lot with the, the, the regular account in his hand. We go there and incentivize the, this gamer to, with more, maybe more access, more energy or different meta. We test a lot of stuff, but all the rest uh, is really going directly to the top ranking player. So if you're crushing the, in the ladder, you can have access to, to our elite vote. Okay. Um, do you have any internal tools to automate the scholarship processes, such as in Axie, you know, sending QR codes, making payments, and all that stuff. Yes, yes, we we, we are using a Discord bot and, until now to everything about operations for Axie Canadian. Interesting. Would you be able to talk a bit more about that kind of lifestyle brand that you're creating with Base? <laughs> I guess if you're leveraging the access to content creators to actually create this um, consumer brand that you can yeah. monetize in multiple ways? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are always challenging ourselves here to understand not only the next steps for the NFT game side of the, the company, but also as a business as a whole, to understand new revenue sources, how we can interact and incentivize the community to, uh, to, to be in touch with the base brand and uh, not only when they are playing a game, but also when they are you know, in the streets and, and live in a place, uh, uh, watching uh, their idols, their preferred uh, streamers. So yes, we are developing, we like to say that we are trying to have some great plans to build the next great idols for the NFT gaming space, exactly like we, we have here. Uh, we had here with the soccer players that came from nothing and they have this hero journey and everybody loves this person. And we also have this here with Free Fire players that came to, from the community. No Brew is a great example of that here in Brazil. But we, we truly understand that whenever you, you build a images of 
really great idols, really great content creators inside of the world. Whenever we do using the, the base brand, it will be great for, for, for the consumer. So they will buy clothes. They will love to have NFT collections of, of base here. Yeah, whatever we can use that, that will be great for the DAO. And of course, it's a great example that we see in, in great traditional gaming organizations like Face Clan, 100 Thieves, and etc. And that's the mix we, we want to bring here. Amazing, amazing. Very interesting. What's your advice to entrepreneurs who are building um, local guilds or a blockchain gaming scholar communities in uh, other emerging market countries where kind of the majority of the population is clueless about Axie Infinity or Play Turn or blockchain gaming? Yeah, what I can say is that my philosophy is always give first, then give back. So it's much more about looking the best way to contribute to the community. If you see some people that are already doing such a great job on the same field that you are, go there reach those people, ask them how you can help and learn from them. That's a really web three and crypto philosophy to, to help everybody to be open to, like what Gigi did with us here. They opened their doors to help us with a lot of stuff. But before I ask it for their help, I provided their, some value to them and help it with whatever I, I, I could. So that's one great point I, I like to say here. And Please don't forget about content. Content is king. Uh, go there, interact with the, your community using social media, using other channels, but don't forget uh, about communication, community. Great advice, great advice. What's next for base? <laughs> that's the, the medium question here. What I can say that, that's, I, I can say that we are right now in the most important period of the base life uh, as a company here. And we're going to be announcing until the end of this month uh, a huge, huge deal for BASE that will be really changing and expanding uh, part of our future vision. That's the, the, it's crazy because I cannot say specifically, but it has a, a lot to do with everything that I was mentioning here. But it will bring a really huge potential for us to reach the this this dreams. But what I can say is that, guys, uh, you're going to be seeing BASE as a preeminent uh, guild investing in a lot of different games around the next two weeks. And of course, not only investing in games, but also doing a lot of different and awesome collaborations with the entertainment world. We're going to be uh, announcing some great collaborations with music artists, athletes, everything that you can imagine. It's going to be awesome. You can wait for some stuff. And of course... The final point here is that you can wait in um, ASAP. The base token uh, going to be launching in the first quarter of this year. We are really excited for what's coming for for this launching, the public sale. Looking forward for the public sale <laughs> as well. Can you make one prediction for 2022? It's crazy. <laughs> I, I usually don't like to say that I have a prevision, but uh, th there are some points that I really have such a great trust. Uh, that can be something strong for this year. And what I can say that I'm also really curious is that I would love to see how the MMORPG games, the open words and metaverse uh, games, they will, yeah, how they are going to be developing in this year. Uh, we have Endless Sword, we have, I don't know, Guild of War, there's another great game different there, but also great games. But when I, I try to look at the future of the industry, I also look in the past of the game industry. And we all know here how important for open economies 
and for digital nations and etc the mmorpgs were let's see i'm really taking a look really close about the, the, the those games and i i feel that we have such a great potential for a game like this to be a global success very interesting do you have any last words for the audience oh uh what i can say is first of all thanks for yeah watching listening us here whatever uh it was a great time to talk about not only about base but also about the industry and that's my passion here to develop the best for for this huge potential market that we are building here in the early days. Guys, uh, yeah, what I can say here is that go after your dreams, build something huge. We have a lot of passionate people already in this space, but being passionate, it's not enough. You really, really to bring some hard skills and you have to be good on what you're doing and what you're looking to build. Yeah, if you bring passion plus really good hard skills and build, community focused business or mindset that that's a great advice that that I can give to you guys I agree thanks a lot for your time Joe I really enjoyed the conversation and good luck with the, the public listing awesome yeah thank you so much